Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. To the Waveform Podcast, we're your hosts. I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. And this is a truly random episode. We cover an assortment of things from, let's see, smartphone season being right on the horizon, to NBA vloggers in the bubble in Orlando, to last-minute Samsung event rumors with the Galaxy Note 20 series, to Twitter hacks, Bitcoin, YouTubers whose audiences might have fallen forward if they were in the hack, and everything in between. Let's just get right into it. All right, Andrew, did you know uh, Blackmagic's making a 12K camera now? I'm pretty sure you, if you're in the, follow anyone on tech Twitter, <laughs> you had to have known about that. This was, this is, it's funny because the the one number that makes the headlines, it's a 12K camera. Yeah, But obviously. there's a lot of other interesting things about this camera. I'm now, I'm not considering switching to it right now. Mm-hmm. I really, really like our red cameras. Just, yeah. just saying, like everything about them, the UI, mm-hmm. it's not just that it's 8K, but the UI, the color science, the dynamic range, the way it works with Final Cut Pro, red code, the SSDs, despite their lack of reliability, uh-huh. are super fast. So I'm really happy with our current cameras. Yeah, right? and you're in the workflow of it as well, which I'm is like a huge smooth. thing that people underestimate when it comes to, yeah. to working with stuff like that. So Blackmagic has been making really compelling cameras for a while. I've seen people shooting with them, other people in even tech YouTube shooting mm-hmm. with them. I think so this is... Random Frank does, and his stuff looks yeah. phenomenal. His so, the, I, I've seen example. people at uh, events with them. So this is the, I want to get the official name, the Blackmagic Ursa Mini Pro. So the okay. body is small, but it's the Ursa Mini Pro. It's 12K Super 35 sensor. And when people see that, they're like, well, what do you need 12K for? Obviously, no one's watching a 12K video. Mm-hmm. No one's really finishing an 8K, so why do you need a down sample indicate 8K? You just, it's just a big number, uh-huh. right? But there's a whole bunch of other 
really cool things about this camera too. It's, it's got a pretty nice 14 stops of dynamic range. Um, it's got, so it's a super 35 sensor, but it can shoot 12k at 60 FPS and then you can go down to 8k at up to 140 FPS. So there's some pretty cool other things yeah, about yeah, the camera yeah. and they've, they've clearly been working on their workflow. I've never really considered buying a Blackmagic camera because I don't think they mix well with red. Okay. And at the end of the day, that's what I come back yeah, to as far as mm-hmm. primary camera. But I just think this is hilarious just because of the number. The I mean, numbers so are like, awesome. Imagine something, what could you do in 12K? Is there is there something right now where for some reason 8K is nothing. not enough? No, there is nothing, nothing I can't do in 8K that I could in 12K I mean, other than destroy my storage. <laughs> I think that's basically it. Just like absolutely. Uh, yeah, you, you could test the Mac Pro even harder. Yeah, see, basically. Like, what happens. Um, I tried to download uh, some of the test footage. I couldn't really look at it because I don't have the plugin necessary to review the .b raw files that yeah. it spits out. But I just love, it's a, uh, every frame at, at 12K is 12,288 by 6,480. Yeah. So it's 6K tall that and, and that adds up to 80 megapixels per frame. That's wild. So uh, I guess if you do want to do some high resolution photography with a video camera and you want 80 True. megapixels per frame, True. you can get a hell of a thumbnail out of an 80 <laughs> megapixel frame. I guess that's where we're at. I guess I was also surprised that it's coming in right at like 10 grand also, which is not cheap. That's but black magic compared. though. Yeah. You know, like uh, red cameras are not cheap. No, <laughs> and not. if you look at <laughs> any of me. red's competitors, they're all undercutting red in price. But again, we're not buying these cameras because they're cheap. Uh, but if you are looking for something in that $10,000 price range, this is probably one of the more compelling options now. So yeah, that's pretty sweet. Anyway, sorry, I had to lead off with that. But yeah. So you're back. changing your name to MKB 12K oh, is God. what we've gotten If I had a to. nickel for every time <laughs> someone asked, I'd probably have this camera by now. Uh, no, we had, a, we had a couple things happen. So the last episode, which was out of the regular schedule, was the interview with Carl Pei. We talked yeah. OnePlus Nord. That was an exclusive, of course, and that went on the channel. You can see mm-hmm. the video version of it. But now the phone is announced officially, and we've had that video. That impressions video has come out since then. And we also had a dope tech video going over, let's see, giant AirPods, yes. a dual screen laptop, mm-hmm. and a 49-inch ultra wide. Which they <laughs> I didn't... feel like just describing it as a 40. Well, let's talk about that first because yeah. that was clearly the like showstopper of that. That was um, a fun one. It's it's not just a 49 inch ultra wide. It is one that like wraps around your head and looks like it should be in Tron from like the backside of it. It's, I remember. Do you remember from CES? Yes. When we first I saw was it? very I think I I ranted in that video about it. There was right. They were showing it off by playing Overwatch capped at 60 FPS on a it's is it 240? It's a 240 That's FPS wild. monitor. Yeah. That is ins- So yeah, insane, not only yeah. is it a huge ultra wide, it is a huge curved 5K mm-hmm. 240 hertz ultra wide. It yeah. is everything you could ever want in a huge monitor, I think, and yeah. Depressive. I think in terms of actually gaming on it though, the only stuff you're really looking to play for that is like simulation, like racing simulators, flight simulators. I would never play a shooter on that game in my life. It would your the like HUD to see how much like ammo you have in your gun, y- yeah. your your neck would get sore looking at the bottom right of the screen for so something like that is. I'm I'm a I'm on the same page as you. I play most of the games I play on PC are racing simulators. Uh-huh. Uh, I was watching Random Frank P's video. He did a video on this monitor too. He uh-huh. was playing shooters on it, and he actually found that you ha- because of the scaling in Windows is kind of weird. The sides of the monitor and your peripheral uh-huh. kind of get really stretched out. Okay, and so where things on a flat monitor 
in your peripheral would still be very small. They're it stretches gigantic. them out, and you can see, like, movement in a mountain far away that okay. you ordinarily wouldn't see. I guess I could see, like, uh, like Battle Royale, kind of, yeah. where you have to be aware of all your surroundings all the time. Uh, it was, like, a, guess, a real advantage, yeah. it seemed like. Huh. Now, again, I don't play those types of games, yeah, and yeah. in the racing sim, it was, like, nice. Your your left monitor, or your left mirror is really to your left <laughs> instead <laughs> of right actually, in front of you. You're actually turning around. Yeah, so that part was kind of interesting, but yeah. I, I just think it's a... It's a crazy looking it's monitor. It's pretty wild. And then, so interestingly enough, the thumbnail of that is the Asus laptop. What is the name of it again? So it's the the Zephyrus 15. Uh, I think it also has ROG in the name. So the Asus ROG Zephyrus 15 Duo okay. um, in some order of those words. <laughs> laptop names, everyone's yeah. favorite. Um, pretty, pretty sweet too. You have it connected to the G9 monitor which is wild and something i found i immediately wanted to see that when i came in Mm -hmm. so i went into the room that has it set up and what's funny is since the trackpad is so small because it's on the right side of the laptop laptop. you literally have to go edge to edge four times on the trackpad to scroll across the entirety of i'm I'm surprised it's only four the sensitivity was probably up pretty high but Yeah. yeah think about half of a trackpad trying to get across an expanse yeah. of a monitor. Yeah. No, that's a, it's a, f- such a funny little laptop. Like I, I reviewed the first one mm-hmm. or that was in dope tech in the first one. And yeah, that yeah. one where it was such a weird concept. It was kind of like a galaxy fold where like, I'm going to give it some passes here. Cause I've never really seen yeah, a laptop yeah. do it quite like this. So when you, you have this huge second screen, you move the keyboard way to the bottom. So mm-hmm. now there's no room for your hands to rest. And now the trackpad's over to the mm-hmm. side and you squish everything and it's a weird keyboard layout. But like, I don't know. The screen is kind of cool. So they doubled yeah. down on it for this one. So the Duo now tilts up the screen so it's more visible to yeah, you, when yeah. you when you open the laptop. It's got this cool hinge mechanism. It looks, it just if you just watch the video, we'll link this dope tech in the show notes, yeah, but just watch, watch the hinge open and admire how clean that looks. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing in there, which was less of a like super high-tech bleeding edge, but just a, Not at all. a fun <laughs> thing that we saw were these, uh, these giant AirPod Bluetooth speakers. Um, yeah. I think the only thing we, besides them being ridiculous, people were wondering why we added them because we like to have fun sometimes. It was fun. It, it was yeah. interesting. They, we got sent to them and we thought they were funny. So they, a- that was one of the main things. Sometimes, you know, I, I share some tech on like Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. and very few pieces of tech break through to like the outside of tech friend bubble <laughs> yeah. where they ask like, wait a second, what is that? Uh-huh. And I shared the picture of these headphones and, you know, sometimes it's like the new iPhone or like the the new Tesla or just something super obvious that people have seen. I shared this picture and I had people on like Ultimate Teams texting me. It was in the (laughs) Ultimate Group Me's. Like people were like, what is this? Where can I get it? This is hilarious. So, uh, yeah, this is this is just a fun one. Yeah. And one little revision we made on it is if someone brought to our attention that I guess 3X Pods is potentially drop shipping those. Um, Yeah. we just added an extra link if you want to get them on like AliExpress. They're going to be like a third of the price. They're so cheap. Yeah, you <laughs> you go you go into this thing of whether is three X Pods gonna their shipping times look way faster if that's what the shipping times was. We didn't get to try that because they sent it to us. So kind of right. make your own just make a buyer's decision there if you really want. Yeah, one you of pr- these. you probably don't need two of them. No, to be you, honest, you so don't need two of if you them. just want to get one of them, that's yeah. that's that link we added. Uh, then uh, we got we got right to OnePlus Nord. We yeah. it's finally out. Like we can just talk about it now. The reviews embargo. You guys will see a review 
a little bit after this podcast comes out. So again, this isn't a review, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that impressions video sort of made everything official. And I, I think this this Nord is the most well-rounded package mm-hmm. next to iPhone SE at the same price. Okay. So for those who don't know the price, it's not coming to North America, but it's 399 euro, 27,999 rupees for starting. And then there's, that's the 8 gig 128 storage version. Then there's a 12 gig 256 model, which is 499 euros and I think 29,999 rupees. So it's a well-priced phone. Yeah, for sure. Well, when I say well-rounded, I mean like basically every single spec of this phone is like an A minus, where they're not trying to blow you out the water with a 120 hertz display or anything crazy like in one big category, yeah, like yeah. a huge battery. But everything there is an A minus. The screen. Let's start there. 6.4 mm-hmm. inch OLED, 1080p, 90 hertz. Pretty thin bezels, a little pill cut out at the top. First time OnePlus has ever had dual selfie cameras, mm-hmm. but it looks like a pretty good screen to me uh yeah. you get to the cameras on the back it's the same well i could rant a little bit about the cameras but it's <laughs> the same main camera as the one plus eight so it's not quite the best it's not an a plus it's not like the flagship best of the best camera in this budget like you might find in an iphone right now but a minus probably you know it's getting pretty good 48 megapixel shots 12 megapixel binning shots eight megapixel ultra wide then <laughs> It is technically a quad camera layout, so you also have a two megapixel macro and a five megapixel depth sensor. But I'll uh, I'll probably rant a little more about that in the review. Yeah, I'll yeah. get to that. Bottom line is, if you shoot with that two megapixel macro and then just turn it off and switch to the me- regular camera and shoot with that and crop in a little bit, just <laughs> just think about that. Just think about how you might think that would look, and then wait for the review. Um, the processor, Qualcomm Snapdragon 765G. I mean, it's not the 800 series, but that's no. about as good as you can get without the 800 series. Yeah. Um, eight to 12 gigs of RAM. Maybe that's a plus. I mean, you don't. Yeah. That, that's, that's one of the things where like, if you compare to SE, you're like, okay, that's going to, I mean, you have yeah, to well, anytime think you about, go spec yeah, for it's spec. very hard spec for spec, but this is one where it's like a very big jump in yeah. spec. I think uh, 8 gigs of RAM for 399 is pretty nice. It's pretty wild, yeah. And then the battery, it's 4,115 milliamp hours, and it has the Warp Charge 30T brick in the box, so you're getting fast charging. There's no wireless charging, but that's pretty good. That's A-. It's not like some crazy five, 6,000 milliamp hour cell, but uh-huh. that's about as good as I'd expect for that price. So I'm looking at the whole overall package, fingerprint reader under the screen, dual selfie cameras, Pretty good battery, pretty good screen, like memory specs. Everything at this price seems like a lot of phone for the money. And I think right at the end of the review, I think is the best summary of it, which is the reason people wanted OnePlus to come back to this price point is because they're pretty good at it. They're pretty good at it. Yeah, I mean, it's what they built their entire company off of. This was like made what made OnePlus OnePlus. Put them on the map. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So... It's cool seeing them go back, but it's also funny when they make that like this statement about how they're trying to bring a phone back to that price when it's like it's like they're recreating their origin story, which is yeah. And then the name, did you read the name reasoning? I did not. So Nord uh, is it it translates to North, 
And so they want to use this Nord line as their like North Star, as their like guiding principle, as they would go back to like leading by example in this space. It was a whole like they really got into the right. Nord North thing, okay. um, I which don't, fine. I don't know if I get that at all. You know, I get you trying to every every brand does this where they go over the top in some areas where you're like, so why did you put the power button on the bottom instead of the side? And they're like, well, we really thought about the way the human hand is designed. And you're like, no, you didn't. You just put it at the bottom. Um, so sometimes that stuff gets a little carried away, but hey, they're leaning in. So here's a pretty good phone for that price. Again, full reviews coming, but I think it's pretty good. Yeah. It's got 5G. It's got 5G. It's got 5G. That's it's all capable. we want these days, right? Yeah. All right, so we're going to hop into content we liked real quick. This is a, a super fast one, but I know it's one both of us enjoyed. Um, yeah. And it's updating a content we liked that we mentioned episodes and episodes ago probably last year uh so meta i think both we can both agree our favorite podcast episode maybe ever is long distance uh by reply all which goes over alex goldman from reply all goes two episodes really deep into like an indian scamming uh, phone center and Mm -hmm. it's just like super fascinating to see how far he goes and how much he annoys this and all this stuff that happens but three years later because i somehow that episode's three years old uh he has some updates for it. He has a couple corrections because he found out some new information since that's happened. And then through that, gets back in contact with some people, mm-hmm. brings some updates from the old episode. So if you haven't listened to the original episode we're talking about, it's called Long Distance 1 and 2. I think it's episodes like 102 and 103. It's in my Reply favorite All. podcast episodes I've ever heard it's in like, my life. It's legitimately not only the episode I tell people to listen to if they want to listen to Reply All, but if I know people who don't listen to podcasts, yeah. those are the two episodes I tell them to listen Hooked. to, and they're, they are all listen to podcasts now. So yeah. uh, super good, really good update episode, probably like 30 minutes long, so real quick road trip or something, pop it on, and, and you'll get some interesting uh, yeah. updates for it. I, I also have some content I liked. Okay. I have a little, there's a YouTube channel. Uh, so the NBA, by the time you're listening to this, is right around the corner from coming back. Okay. And so there's all these questions about like, so they're playing in this bubble in like Disney World. Yeah. In okay. That's Florida. Where it's in Disney World in Florida. Right. Can Can I interrupt you there? Yeah. And just talk about the vast difference between how they're doing it in Disney World in Florida, which is gotta be like the least safe place. Yep. And. <laughs> Hockey is doing it, except the two hub cities in hockey are both in Canada because of how much better Canada is doing with all this. That's a great idea. So I just find that funny. I've I've also seen some really funny videos of NBA players and like the meals they're getting. And well, that's what this is. Oh, so, okay. Okay, yeah. So the so there's a I think he's a rookie, but a player on the Philly 76ers uh-huh. who's essentially vlogging life in the bubble. Okay. And I feel like this when we look back at this as far as trying to figure out like what happened in 2020, what was the experience <laughs> like? I think we should. We should save this. This guy's precious. Okay, so he's editing his own vlogs. So he's an NBA player, but he's making these vlogs from inside the bubble. And you get all this perspective on like mm-hmm. how they set up the hotel rooms and like the wristbands they use and all the precautions yeah. they take as they go through practice and workouts mm-hmm. and actually meeting with people. To and, and you really get a look at like everything. The NBA is doing a lot. It's pretty clear. They're spending a lot of money to make uh-huh. this as safe as possible. Um, but he's a couple episodes in now. Matisse Thibel, we'll link it in the show okay. notes because it's hard to spell and, and pronounce, but that that channel, I think we're going to come back to this as like 
it's you good. know, food for thought and like learning. You think learning. our kids are going to watch this in like history class when they're learning about Maybe, the- or maybe <laughs> we just like, if something crazy happens in the bubble, we'll look back at like how the NBA was doing. Because the NBA is not telling people yeah. publicly like how True. this works. So I think this is the type of inside look that I felt like was cool to share. So Matisse Steibel's YouTube channel. Keep it up, man. The vlogs are good. I'm gonna have to watch that. I've only seen. I guess I never knew where they came from, but I've seen videos on like Twitter of like a guy who like didn't get silverware with his food, so he was oh, he was like, "Do I have to use the lid for this to scoop it out?" Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just you, you feel like you're you're part of that life. That's what vlogs are for, right? Yeah, right. you feel like you're you're in that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, also, quick Tesla update because I don't think I've talked about Tesla yet today. <laughs> um, there's an electric article by Fred Lambert on basically they're calling it tesla's secret project palladium which is a new model s and model x that are coming that potentially use new batteries have longer range have triple motors and are like the the new model s and x okay um i'll link the article it's an interesting read you don't really have that much like concrete information it's Mm -hmm. more of just like they're working on new drive units they're working on this will have a new battery it is essentially a plaid version, like a lot of code speak and mm-hmm. not a lot of like numbers or anything like that, which is fine because the product's not out. But I just I just found it an interesting read. And I also feel like every time I buy a new product from them, they immediately make a new one to make mine outdated. So this is perfect. This is, this <laughs> is perfect. So we got all that. It'll, it'll all be linked is below. That, is that the hardest thing about owning a Tesla is knowing that it's going to get better or... I feel like it's either it's going to get better very quickly or there's going to be a price drop on it like immediately. I know Quinn all the time is like, I wish I waited one more month because it dropped this. I wish I... You know what? For me, just because I'm so used to buying tech, I have to be comfortable with the idea that the product I buy Mm -hmm. is eventually at some point going to be outdated. Yeah. I just, I complain and maybe I shouldn't so much, but I complain because the timing is usually like, Tesla does tons of minor updates. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll get, you know, I'll get my car and then two weeks later they change the seats and the headrests are better. I'm like, oh, well, you know, that happens yeah. when you buy tech. But like, it'll be a major, major new thing. Like I remember I got my first Model S and then like a week later, all new autopilot hardware to permanently set the, the future for the vision yeah. system in Tesla's. And I was like, well, that's pretty rough. <laughs> okay, it was a little bit wrong with the timing there. Um, but I think once you, once you get in, you have to be comfortable that what you're getting is what you want and that's fine. Do you think Tesla will ever go a route where like, uh, you see, so every other car manufacturer, no matter when you buy your car, the next year, something is going to be updated and you just know that. But generally those companies have a plan in terms of like generations of things. So I know, Mm -hmm. uh, I know Subaru the best and I know that the majority of their cars every four year gets like a generation update. It's kind of like buying a phone. Yeah, that way. I guess. Yeah. Do, you, do you think Tesla ever will get to that route where like the the major generational upgrades will be X amount of years away and you'll kind of know more so, am I going to wait an extra year and go the big jump or am I just going to get this minor upgrade and then and understand? I don't think so. Okay. I think Tesla is so based on the development of their tech that mm-hmm. if they set like goals for themselves or public goals where there's going to be a new one in X years. Yeah then they're going to get to a point where they're like rushing things to finish it by a certain time and then they'll miss out on stuff and then it just won't be as good as it could be. I think Tesla's strength has been ignoring like those, you know, 
paradigms that have existed in the audio industry for so long where like they don't need to do dealerships the way everyone else does they can mm-hmm. push a software update to your car True. That's, like they that's do things different yeah. so i think you know having the model year thing works for some and i i don't think it's necessarily the the best move for tesla okay. to switch to that so i think they'll just keep updating things as the tech gets better cool yeah but uh we've gone a little a little bit let's take a break and then we'll come back we'll talk about some Note 20 stuff. We got a bunch more phones and then, you know, that, that whole Twitter hack thing that happened. <laughs> we'll so talk about little. that too. Be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from NetSuite. And that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, 
and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. All right, so we're back. And on the script here, I actually have Asus ROG 3 phone as the next topic. But overnight, uh, we actually delayed this podcast because it was raining so hard last night. We had to it do it in the morning. It was too loud. It was too loud. And it worked out well. A bunch of No 20 leaks came out. And while I wanted to talk about ROG phone first, Marquez hasn't seen the leaks yet, and he just asked me if we could do No 20 first because he wants to find out. This is so, what I, I look. I let me just say before uh-huh. you get into this, yeah. I I usually am pretty on top of leaks, mm-hmm. right? I've seen we got the invites to Samsung's events. We're gonna have our our hands on. All that's gonna happen. But I just feel like the the Samsung stuff has gotten so predictable that I see some of the leaks and I just sort of like mentally skim it and I'm like, yeah, I know what it is. Uh-huh. And I just I don't know something about this one. I just haven't paid too much attention. This one. I wouldn't say there are that many huge surprises, but there are okay. a couple ones that you wouldn't expect and I think uh, could be an interesting interesting topic of conversation. So All right, let's see. It. I, can we say the biggest thing we were wondering is if we heard about the Note 20 Ultra, if we were debating if there's going to be a Note 20, a Note 20 Plus, and a Note 20 Ultra. If that would be something. a thing. Yeah, so right. it looks like two phones. I think Ultra is just the Plus. Okay. And then there's going to be a regular one. So we'll go over... Both of those, what do you want to do first? Ultra, I'm guessing. Sure. Let's okay. see the ultra. The the big one, the yeah. good one. So I have everything listed out here. Um one thing to note is these are German leaks, so we don't have Snapdragon. We have uh Xenos chip. Oh uh, Exynos. Looks like, yeah. yeah. Exynos, is that how you yeah. Exynos? Yeah. I should probably should know that by so now. So it's uh, so I'm seeing so six point nine inch, fourteen forty P, hundred twenty hertz with an infinity o hole punch yup i expected that, that. Mm-hmm. gorilla glass 7 honestly what's the difference between gorilla glass 3 4 5 6 and 7 you'd really have to explain it to me and and maybe i'll notice but i probably will just see it as stronger glass 108 megapixel main camera sounds about right 12 megapixel ultra wide 12 megapixel telephoto okay primary camera will record 8k okay that's about what i expected Periscope style lens, 5x optical, 50x space zoom. Samsung decided to drop the 100x space zoom. Oh, okay. Honestly, that's fine. Yeah, no, it's nobody I, I, was I'm missing almost, that. It sounds weird, but I'm almost more excited for 50x. <laughs> like, well, you uh, could already do 50x. It just wasn't. Yeah, the true. I, I, I'm hoping that means that they focused a little more into getting the 50 times like a little nicer. But I mean, I'm not going to expect anything out of a 50 times zoom. Right. The, the thing I said about the 100x is like. Don't ever go to 100x, but the fact True. that they've engineered it to be able to go that far means that at 50x, it'll be a little better than most others mm-hmm. maxing out at 30x, you know? So yeah. I guess that's I think we fine. talked about Zoom as more of a like 
if you are zooming in that far, it is more to prove that you saw something utility. rather than, yeah, yeah like pure utility. Uh, aesthetics. So, okay. Uh, reverse wireless charging. Yep. In screen fingerprint reader. Sure. Uh, Exynos 990, 12 gigs of RAM for that German version. Sure. 256 or 512 of UFS 3.1 storage. That's about as high end as you can get. Mm-hmm. Nice. Micro SD card slot. Was that gone in the previous I, note? No, I think it had it. Because weren't so we talking about it? how you could get it to like a terabyte? Or oh. no, you could get it to, because they have terabyte micro SD cards Yeah, now, so it'd right? be like a terabyte and a half or something yeah, crazy. Okay. wild. Um, it's good that they keep doing that. I mean, that's maybe one of the last flagship phones like at this level left that still has expandable storage. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, okay, first phone with optimized cloud gaming via Project X Cloud. Neat. I guess that's a little Microsoft collab. Yeah, so you get like 90 gaming titles through xbox game pass and they're calling it a portable gaming console which uh, uh, i'm sure that'll make asus happy uh no yeah that's just kind of like x like the arcade feature yeah it's Apple. some it's something that sounds really cool and i'm sure like i don't know i don't think it's gonna that's anything that's gonna sell this phone to Maybe. be honest yeah um, it's a nice perk though 4500 yeah. milliamp hour battery that will go from flat to 50 percent in 30 minutes with the bundled charger sure 4500 yeah that's that's fine <laughs> and then your s pen nine millisecond latency same as the apple pencil that's great that's great i think that is the most underrated spec bump to this phone right i'm now. curious what the latency number was before i think i was reading somewhere around and i'm not exactly sure but i think it was 26 oh so, wow i mean just apple pencil I, th- I think i heard the theoretical best limit or or like latency you could get on a 120 hertz screen was eight so if they're okay. within one of that you are very close and we talk about apple pencil just being hands down the best it's incredible like, touch yeah. screen pencil so if they're at the same latency it has I, to be very close and that is if you like the s pen i feel like this is a huge upgrade yeah i remember you. actually the latency was pretty great on the previous s pen like i remember scribbling around with it and being like yeah this is really tight but at the same time, when you say like Apple Pencil, like that is yeah, gold standard level. Wild. I don't even need a stylus. I don't have mm-hmm. any good use for it. My handwriting is trash. I can't draw for my life, but I have an Apple Pencil and I keep it on my iPad and I'll use it anytime I get uh-huh. the chance. So yeah, that's that's that latency number, which just basically brings down the, the lag between when you're touching the screen and when it's responding yeah, on the yeah. screen. So that's cool. I think people were also saying how, or maybe not people, but the leak article was talking about how that could be beneficial and be playing into this uh, like Project X cloud and gaming stuff. And if you're using a stylus for stuff like gaming, having lower latency is potentially well, using a stylus I've never for gaming? thought about that as for gaming, but I guess... I don't think people use a stylus for gaming, do they? What I don't game? know what people actually game on. <laughs> I also uh, don't know what people really use this stylus for besides S, guess, notes, S pens, notes. I mean, like I'm trying to think of... The way you like, I know people play Fortnite on phones, which is wild to me because that game on a PC, you need like 800 keys to play it because there are a thousand different things you can do. Yeah. Maybe like in terms of the shooting part, having a pencil is a little more touch accurate because instead of like your big ass thumb pressing it, maybe like like extra precise. Um, Who knows? Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm all for lower latency on literally everything. So, so then 5G. Yep. Yep. And wireless, wireless Dex connection, nice. Pretty cool. Um, okay. okay, so I think the bigger, weirder surprises are on the regular 
Note 20. Okay, because um, pretty much all of Note 20 Plus or Ultra that I just read was like what I was expecting. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why it, I, I think the S Pen is still a really cool update that people yeah. aren't going to really pay attention to. But if you compare it to Apple Pencil, I think that's where it shines. But okay, okay. so for regular Note 20 now. Regular Note 20. Okay, so it's got says here, vanilla model will come with a flat screen, as we remember before, but also change the metal sides, rails. The changed. side rails are metal. Oh, and a plastic back. That's plastic different. A plastic back? back. Why would they switch to a plastic back? That confuses me. You can do wireless charging and everything you want on a Note with glass, and the Note is not a cheap phone, so I'm, yeah. I'm a little... That's another interesting thing. We don't have prices here yet. Yeah. So that's what makes this section very interesting. Do, does this look like we're going to see the regular Note 20 have a huge price decrease? Or is the Ultra going to have a giant price bump oh, and they're going to make okay, a big I'll, gap between both of them? I'll make a prediction after I read the rest of this because okay. I kind of have a thought on this. Sure. But, okay, so Note 20 will also have 4G and 5G versions with the former being ever so slightly cheaper. Yeah, okay. 6.7 inch, 1080p, Super AMOLED with a 60 hertz refresh rate. Uh, that, is a, that is a big difference between uh, the yeah. top model and the bottom. Versus, uh, what was it, 6. Physical 9? size. Worst resolution and half the refresh rate. Wow. So, like, that is a completely different screen. Okay, all of this is feeding into my theory about the okay. new Note. So, okay, great. Uh, under screen fingerprint reader, sure. 8 gigs of RAM, 256, no micro SD card. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. 12 megapixel ultra wide camera, uh, 64 megapixel 3X camera. I don't think there's a primary camera mentioned here, but probably. Oh, sorry, 12, 12 mix megapixel primary and a 12 megapixel ultra wide oh. uh oh wow both 12, 12. Mm -hmm. wow okay 64 megapixel 3x zoom 30x hybrid zoom 4300 milliamp hour battery which will go from zero to 50 in 30 minutes with the adapter in the box wireless charging reverse wireless charging and the old s pen with 26 millisecond latency mm -hmm. okay wow that first, is first that was a little more surprising than you're expecting right yeah Different. so so it was interesting when the notes came out last year for the first time it mm -hmm. went from here's our big phone and our even bigger phone yeah. to here's our note and here's our small note. Yeah. And I think our biggest argument with that is that the smaller note shouldn't should have had the same specs and you should have just gotten to pick the size because of their the prices were similar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think this is Samsung trying to cozy you up to buying the bigger one by really? by giving you like i mean they're going to sell a lot of the smaller one because it's probably based on what i'm reading going to be significantly cheaper if you have hopefully. this uh, hopefully <laughs> but i mean if you're going this much different if you're going 60 hertz max refresh that's already saying something about the phone mm -hmm. where you're just not willing to spend the money and do 120 hertz on this phone where you're not going to do the the full-on 50x space zoom you're not going to do the new s pen all this to me screams like three four hundred dollar price difference hopefully okay and then you kind of position the note 20 ultra or plus right next to it and you're like but look at what you could get and that's that's fine i feel like uh -huh. that's that's just having a, uh, a cheaper version of this phone available for people who are going to get like a cheaper note and get into the note thing and really like it and then get the more expensive note the next year that's one way to do it but yeah it's if, like a different way of doing note if you're basing prices or if you're assuming prices are three to four hundred dollar difference than what if you had to guess two prices right now where uh, are they? okay so if i was guessing i would say that note 20 plus will be 11.99 
and this okay. Note Twenty is going to be eight ninety nine. Eight nine. Yeah. All right. Uh, my theory, or okay, my theory on people who will buy the Note Twenty is. Every time we've mentioned who uses an S Pen, we have people reach out, and all of those are generally contractors, landscapers, uh, like electricians, people who are doing stuff inside households. Hmm. Like, I don't want to say handyman because that I don't know if that lessens the uh, experts who are doing like manual labor on houses and stuff, and need to be able to show their clients firsthand what they are doing. So, if you're a landscaper, you're going out into the backyard, you can snap a picture of it draw what you want to do with the shrubs, add trees, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who use the S Pen there. I don't know if all of them are going to care. Like if I'm doing manual labor like that, I probably don't want a $1,300 phone in my pocket while I'm doing it. So that smaller size, I don't care about 120 hertz when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. I don't care about the resolution being insane. Like I don't care about all these other things. I I might care about a micro SD card slot if I'm doing that many jobs, but I could see this... The cheaper version being better for the uh, the construction worker, right. the people who need that that S Pen on the field. So I agree with all of that. Uh-huh. And if all of that is true, most people we're hearing who use the Note are this person, and this cheaper Note is better for those people, then who's going to buy the more expensive Note? That I have a harder time figuring that out besides you know? just saying tech enthusiasts. But like, as much as we like to think they're millions of tech enthusiasts because we deal with them all the time like mm-hmm. I, I that doesn't seem like a, a big enough sales market to like really focus on but interesting uh you never know and the thing is is no matter what price any of these are at when it gets into a carrier store they're the ones who have salesmen who are going to decide what people and when you yeah. break these things down into monthly payments like on a carrier service everything changes because then it doesn't seem like a four or $500 difference. It seems like a $20 a month difference. I'm just so open to that. This plastic bag thing is really, I think I want to see what it is. Cause I'm, I think that, I think we need to know more than just that it's plastic. Mm -hmm. I think there's something else to this. Like if there's some, some design that's enabled by it or some extra durability or something, why is it plastic? Or a big price cut. Like a really big price cut. Cause I could see if you took the, think about this. Take the name off of it mm-hmm. and, you know, take the Samsung Galaxy Note branding off of it and you just see the specs by any manufacturer. That's 60 hertz, 1080p OLED, 8 gigs of RAM, 12 megapixel camera, 4300 milliamp hour battery. That could easily be a, a pretty inexpensive phone. Like, I'm trying to imagine a Note coming in at like 699 799 Is that what we're going with? If it with? could be coming at 699 I think that would be wild. That would That'd be, be interesting. That would be really nice. And so what's the last plastic back phone we've really seen in here? Was it Poco phone? Uh, Did we have another there's one? There's been since that. Then? Yeah. I, there, it's kind of rare at this point because even the budget ones that are getting good are trying to get to metal and glass. You know what's funny? The OnePlus Nord, the rails, I actually misspoke in the video. I said it was metal and glass. It is glass on the front and back, metal buttons plastic rail really yeah so that's a that's a little i did not notice that yeah when I picked small it up, so exactly so that's like one way to say like if if we're gonna get a plastic back on this phone it seems like a lot of material yeah. but you know plastic rails I mean, is okay the last time we talked about plastic back though we were kind of mentioning that like in when you're thinking of budget phones and phones that are trying to cut prices like plastic back is something we wouldn't have minded yeah i think it gets a bad rap you're putting it in a case you're putting a skin on it you're 
it, they're not awful looking backs either. Samsung might even bring us one that looks super similar. It doesn't get fingerprints. It's it Maybe might this be something. A, this could be some a way that we're seeing like mainstream, you know, big companies bringing a plastic back back yeah. and maybe people are going to really love it imagine a world where we've always had glass backs and we're suddenly realizing wait what about this all new revolutionary material that's less breakable that's more durable doesn't get fingerprints still wireless charges and is cheaper <laughs> i also have to bring up the last time we talked about plastic backs you and i both had a debate on if wireless charging worked in it and oh, it definitely we were does. very very wrong there were so, so many things we missed <laughs> like the fact that people put plastic cases on their phone and it still works yeah but i, I still get tweets every week of people who must be going through the backlog <laughs> and listening like hey just wanted to let you know blah 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 phone had a plastic back in wireless charging or yeah. hey you total moron like i put a case <laughs> on my phone and it wireless charges you probably do too so you know plastic works so yeah, yeah. huge mistake on our part back maybe then. maybe plastic but backs is the way to go maybe that's what we're, we're gonna find so, out with note 20 2021 plastic back iphone uh, we'll see we'll see we'll keep an eye on this phone um, I had a great segue, but we went way past it. But sorry, I'm gonna go. Sorry. I'm gonna go all the way back to it. So you know how okay. you were saying we were like, who's gonna buy the Note 20 Plus or Ultra? Speaking of who's gonna buy this phone, <laughs> <laughs> boom, ROG Phone 3 sitting right here in front of Wait, me. Wait, I actually don't think I've held this. Yet. So I just re I just reviewed the ROG Phone 3. Quite possibly, I mean, pretty confidently, right now, the most maxed out spec sheet you will ever see. Not ever you have seen ever up to this point in a phone. <laughs> that's that's facts, right? It's a 144 hertz, 6.6 inch screen. It's an OLED. It's got the fingerprint reader under the glass. It's the, one of the first phones with the Snapdragon 865 Plus, which clocks up to 3.1 gigahertz in a phone, 16 gigs of RAM, 8K video, <laughs> 64 Wait, megapixel camera. How much camera, does this laptop have right now? <laughs> 6,000 milliamp hour battery, dual stereo front facing speakers, six times larger uh, heat sink inside, RGB glowing logo on the back. I mean, did I miss anything? Like this phone is packed to the gills. Now, here's what I'll say. Really interesting emissions in this phone. Because we've we've painted this as a gaming phone and the enthusiasts the ultimate like no lag, no latency uh -huh. phone. There is no headphone jack built into this phone this year, which yeah. is fascinating to me. But I think that's kind of weird. I kind of gave it this pass because in the box it includes this adapter, this little fan cooling thing where as you're gaming you just plug this thing in and it gives you a headphone jack, another USB Type-C port on the side, and a little kickstand and it pops up and boom, you're gaming. Uh -huh. So I guess it comes with something to make up for that in the box already it also has a dongle but i don't know i feel like you could have built that into the phone which that was kind of a weird omission to me yeah but especially because the battery size doesn't change at all uh it does have 5g though right it has the bigger modem has 5g that's, yeah that's probably gonna be where they're saying they, they potentially i didn't in. i didn't reach out to them and ask why no headphone jack but that was that was the assumption same footprint though of the whole phone it's mm -hmm. also missing an ip rating and wireless charging so that's you know, it's not the. Those are full... ones that we weren't that. Uh, yeah, it's... it's not awful, but yeah. Uh, I just want to also say the Razer laptop I'm using right now has 16 gigs of RAM. Uh, the MacBook <laughs> Pro I'm using right now, which costs a couple grand. Oh, it has 64 gigs. Jesus. Yeah, you're probably yeah, it's bumped not... out there with. Uh... I've been living the life with yeah, all this yeah. RAM, 
but yeah, that's it's just that's it's a crazy spec sheet for a phone. Yeah. Now I can't tell the difference between 120 and 144. You can't. I thought I could, and then I started going back and forth more, and I think that was a placebo. I don't think I can actually see the difference. Now I'm not mad they made it 144. Yeah, I, I think if you were to, I think I've mentioned this before, but. I think a difference between 120 and 144 would have to be on one specific thing you are super, super in tune with. And I think like when it comes to people playing games six to seven hours a day, and then like, so when it comes to like a first person shooter at 144 Hertz, like 120 to 144, you might notice a little different. And that's um, if the game supports it. Cause some games just, yeah, won't. well, yeah. And on phones, almost no games support that. I don't, it would, it's, kind of like how you you're so used to 24 frames a second and 30 frames a second like right. most people probably wouldn't see a huge difference in that but when you get really used to both of them you one for looks me, a little weirder for me the calibrating was on the ui like scrolling yeah. through the app drawer and like multitasking and like opening and closing stuff and that's where i really appreciate high refresh rate mm-hmm. and that's where i i think i would be able to best tell the difference and even in that i was like it looks great <laughs> at 120 looks great at 144 um, I think the most incredible thing about this phone was I left it at 144, so max frame rate, mm-hmm. and I got I got two legit full days. That's wild. They were they were light days to, to be fair, but I've never but still, gotten. But two a full light days. day for you is probably a fairly regular day for most people. It ended up being um, so I had I played some golf and I had a GPS app on the phone and I did navigation with Waze and there was random social media happening, but that was like two days of that. And I had six hours of screen on time at the end of two days. Two full days at the end of like 9.30 p.m. I had 3% battery at 144 hertz. That was, to me, it was like, dude, if I ever want to go a weekend, I'll just set it to 60 and I will not have to worry. (laughs) If you want to go on vacation for a week and you forget your charger set on 60, you'll be good, man. You'll be good. Yeah. And then every time I think about something like that, I think about how they wouldn't even hard set the pixel 4 to 90 hertz because it was killing the battery too fast so to be fair they have a they have an auto setting on the rog phone where it will pick a frame rate for you based on what's going on and i think that would save some battery i just wanted to lock it at 144 because i was like i Uh i want to use all the hertz give me all the pixels please (laughs) so i did turned out pretty good that phone the review is up it starts at a thousand dollars and it's it's just absolutely packed so anyway, that's that's about it. Let's take another quick ad break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk about Bitcoin. We'll talk about Twitter. Elon being the new scammer of the just, century. Just a <laughs> bunch of stuff that happened. So we'll be right back. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, welcome back. <laughs> Let's get into... Uh, what happened on Twitter last week? Okay. So, um, I was on Twitter when yes. all of this was happening. I Were was you? Not. I was following your updates on Slack. So oh man, this is wild. So me. I'll just let me just tell the story of what happened from my perspective okay. and how I was feeling as it was happening. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
stage one, Elon tweet. This is like mm-hmm. chapter one, right? So I'm on Twitter. As I, you know, I just have a Twitter app open and there's this tweet. Oh, I wonder if I can find, I just want to read the tweet. But it was something along the lines of, hey, I'm feeling really generous in these COVID times. I just want to kind of give back. So here's what we're doing. Send me any Bitcoin you want to this address. I will double it and send it back to you. Here's a Bitcoin wallet mm-hmm. string of characters. Only doing this for half an hour. Go. And so this has like been a, before it hit that, for like the last two or three years, what people would do is they would change their profile picture and their name to Elon Musk and tweet after every Elon tweet directly underneath it would be a fake Elon saying pretty much the exact same thing. I'll double your money because I'm rich and send money to this Bitcoin account. Yeah. Then it got to the point where they were hacking people with check marks, but they were usually very small mm-hmm. verified ones. And then they would change all their stuff to look like Elon again and try and pull the same stuff. So this is like the the mecca of this right this scam and elon that's been going on. elon you know he tweets all the time but he's tweeted about like you know crypto in the past he's mm-hmm. tweet, tweeted random stuff even since this has happened but when i saw this tweet so this is chapter one i'm like well okay this is textbook i got hacked type of tweets yeah which makes me think it could also easily be elon trolling 100 percent is what i thought and then like half an hour later he'd be like you guys are all idiots i just sent all your money back what are you doing but like I don't know. Something about this to me was like, it could conceivably have been Elon tweeting this. And to me, I just talked up to, this is a dumb tweet, but okay, whatever. Let's just see what Off happens. Off the rails again. Kind yeah, of a little, thing, little yeah. wild. He's been known to be a little wild on Twitter, so okay, <laughs> fine. So that's chapter one, right? Literally, I want to say like two minutes later, Bill Gates' account on my timeline, because I follow them both, tweets the exact same thing. And the second I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, that's that's a that's a kind of a big deal. So yeah. somebody at some point got access to both Elon's account and mm-hmm. Bill Gates's account and tweeted the same thing. Now it seems like people are actually going to maybe fall for this. Like Bill Gates, like, of course, you're targeting billionaires, Twitter accounts yeah. where they'd believe they'd send you back money. Mm-hmm. Bill Gates, very, very philanthropic, donates money all the time. You know what? Maybe this is legit. This is- now, to you're, me, you're saying Bitcoin doubling is going to be the next Bill and Melinda Gates oh foundation my God. letter. That's this is also the thing to me. I saw this happening, and there is people using essentially uh, like trackers to be able to see like how much mm-hmm. money was going to these accounts, and yeah, you know, money starts piling in. People start sending this this account money. Tons of transactions in, zero dollars out. People keep doing it anyway. And in my head, I'm like, what type of person is smart enough? to have a Bitcoin wallet and see that string of characters and know what to do with it, but also dumb enough to see that tweet and send it to a stranger. It's a weird, they, <laughs> they have made Bitcoin way easier. Like stuff like Coinbase makes the whole wallet. But you know what I mean though? Like yeah, people, like, yeah, like why would you even get Bitcoin in the first place? Like if you're that savvy that you're gonna get into it at all, and then you see this tweet and you're like, I know what I'll do with my Bitcoin now. I mean, based on how much that got sent there, we know there are quite a few people. That, yeah, there's some um, people. I have it I have it down to that wallet in the first couple hours made almost 13 Bitcoin, which is like $120,000. Well, so it kept going. So oh. chapter three was, you know, Uber's account, Jeff Bezos's account, Apple's account, Joe Biden's account. <laughs> Barack Obama's account and it just keeps going and going and going. It's like the absolute pillars of the most followed 
yeah. people on Twitter with the biggest followings or the most money, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny? Tossed in there just for fun, Mr. Beast's account. I missed that. Mr. Beast, the only non-politician billionaire on that hacked list was was Mr. Beast. Okay. I did not know that, and that changes the way I think about this so much. I, now I'm wondering, I wish we could track where the the dollar amounts came from based on who saw whose, whose audience profile. Did, oh God. Because Mr. Beast is a totally plausible he one. Would, he gives yeah. out money all the time. Exactly. That's why they. Oh that's absolutely goodness. why they went to his account for that. It would have. They would have been so much smarter to only go after Mr. Beast's account and not made it. Yeah, very Elon obvious. and Mr. Beast would have been the two most likely. I think, as far as whose audience probably fell for it the most monetarily, is yeah. probably the two of those. Um, but yeah, once you start seeing this, like Apple's account just doesn't even tweet. So as soon as you see that, <laughs> yeah. you're like, I know for a fact the at Apple Twitter account has massive security behind it in some oh, way. Yeah. This isn't someone hacking an account. This is someone hacking Twitter. So mm-hmm. when, once you see that and you're like, all right, well, I guess anyone's account's vulnerable. They're just going down a list. Pretty sure anyone <laughs> could, could. I could just see any anyone tweet this on my timeline and it would be fine. I think some people were poking fun at it too. Like, yeah, send me Bitcoin too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 100, 100 something grand ended up going to this wallet and disappearing. It's Bitcoin, by the way. I think I've, I think I tweeted, "Don't send Bitcoin to strangers," as like, a, not only did the Escobars try this, but you shouldn't <laughs> send Bitcoin to strangers. Um, so that's, I guess, chapter three or four or whatever it is. Chapter five is Twitter locks uh, tweeting from verified accounts. So obviously, a lot of the targets to these attacks are verified accounts. So there's a a little moment on Twitter, and it lasted a couple hours, where uh, verified accounts could not tweet as they were like fixing the problem internally. Mm-hmm. And also another, so allegedly as they figure this out, like parts of this scam are, are that they would go in using this internal tool at Twitter that they'd gained access to and they would like reset an account's password, gain access to it and tweet from it. Mm-hmm. And so the natural reaction, I guess when you see that happening is to reset your own password because wow, I'm a verified account and people are getting hacked right now. Let me just change my password. I didn't, but people who did that also got locked for longer because really? they saw accounts with verified checks resetting passwords uh-huh. and they got even more like naturally yeah. <laughs> locked down about that. So there was a little moment on Twitter where it was just no blue checks and everyone was having a free for all and it was kind of hilarious. That's really uh, funny. I can't imagine how many uh, conspiracy theorists were freaking out that their account was shadow banned or like actually banned or something like that. Yeah. I'm sure there was some wild stuff going on until they realized it was just a hack. You know? Yeah. And um, then, yeah, eventually, eventually everything's calmed down. But I think a lot of these accounts like haven't tweeted since as they're like oh, really? being probably forensically investigated internally to like figure out exactly what happened. But I think basically they want to know like, what was exposed? Because people, once you get access to an account, you have oh yeah everything. Or DMs, you have like DMs. Exposed. You yeah, have yeah. whatever that you know the apps that are connected to it. Whatever you have a lot of stuff. So yeah, the, whoever these people who did this clearly had a plan. They just did you did you see how they're suspecting it happened? Uh, essentially, the way Twitter has described it is it's some sort of social engineering where they were able to convince someone at Twitter to give them or sell them access to this tool or they just ended up hacking an account of someone at Twitter. Uh, there's an there's an article that sort of goes into this I found a another 
another thing though that I was saying they somehow got into a Twitter Slack channel and credentials were posted in a Slack channel. Oh, and wow. And that got them access to some sort of tool that not necessarily let them get straight into the accounts, but let them change the email address associated with the account. So then you can do a password reset to an an email account that you have access to already, therefore, which seems wildly unsafe. (laughs) Like, just just credentials. I mean, and it doesn't surprise me, like, to have a shared credential or something in, like, a Slack is generally pretty secure like but Mm. if someone gets you're just adding another way for someone to get in and and then you don't expect something like that so that's yeah not great um i do have a a medium article from somebody who i forget exactly who they were but somebody who is who owns an account that is like a very big verified account and they were worried through all of this and they just wrote a really really good write-up about kind of everything that happens and how they think yeah. It all went down. Um, we'll post that in the show notes. Yeah. But yeah, now there's there's like a... I mean, everything's basically back to roughly normal since all of that's happened. And I guess that's like chapter five is like return to normal Twitter. Uh-huh. Verified accounts can tweet again. Yay, everyone's back. But also uh, lesson learned. Twitter is probably going to be looking into this for a while because this is, I think, the... I would call this the biggest account compromise publicly probably of all time. Like we've seen a lot of private data breaches and things yeah, like that. That's a little different. Where though. there's like you know X million accounts, but like when the head the, the headlines are so obvious, it's like oh Barack Obama. Just pick any like three or four names from that list and just yeah. say these people all got hacked. And it's it's obviously not exactly what happened, but now that's what that's embarrassing for Twitter <laughs> as and a platform. If, with some of the like the scope of the some of those people and DMs, if because if we're assuming they're just they reset a password that means they're physically going into the account and most likely have access and i'm right. hoping that some of those people are not doing uh you know like classified information kind of uh conversations and dms but yeah i don't know i, don't I know. wouldn't be surprised by some of when the, you have elon's so, and bill gates and barack obama's accounts like that's yeah i have a feeling like bill gates is not dming a lot of people but yeah i am not. sure elon musk is dming a lot of people <laughs> and probably sending some yeah, crazy stuff that he doesn't Mr. i mean there's Mr. probably yes yeah, yeah that there's there's a lot of stuff that could possibly and i'm sure those people are very worried about what could potentially be out there um yeah so that's i think that's what that's twitter's job now is to go back to investigate, to find out all the buttons that were pressed and all the things that were viewed and, mm-hmm. and whatever is compromised and to do their best to mitigate that. But yeah, that that happened. That was a lot. Now, one of the, the other things that we were talking about was like, okay, one of the one of the uh, most obvious big accounts that didn't tweet this was Donald Trump's account, the mm-hmm. president's account. And my theory is there's probably like one extra layer of some kind of security in front of that account, right? Because if you wanted to maximize your Bitcoin money, you would also tweet from that account, no? Yeah, I mean, my other, it's like a weird, I don't know. I don't know enough about security, stuff like that. My initial thought was that if somebody were to go after the president, no matter who the president is, you're just opening yourself up into a way bigger investigation. I think like you are automatically just like, FBI, like they are on your case right off the bat. I feel like, whereas this, interesting, most likely something like that's going to happen. But if you are going to attack a sitting president, I think 
you are in you full stop you are going to be investigated you're going to be and in they jail. are going to find you very very quickly so right it so feels the level of crime basically when you go from all of these other i know jeff bezos apple Mm-hmm. Even Joe Biden, who's running for president, the, former, and president former president, mm-hmm. you know, you get to all these levels and it's like, I guess technically you could tweet crazy things from their account and not get in federal tr- trouble. But once you add the yeah, president's Twitter, about all that, yeah, there, I, I would imagine I'm not an expert at law in any way, <laughs> but I imagine you open yourself up to you know you're going to get caught like when you do 17, yeah. 18 accounts or whatever it is you know you're going to get caught, so you're just doing it as long as you can and just getting away with as much money as possible. Yeah. I think when you know you're going to get caught, you just want to remove that level of like federal prison, probably, if that's something they'd consider. Uh, I don't know. It was just like a... I was just waiting for it. Because obviously the, the joke on Are Twitter you- as it was happening was like, it's only a matter of time before your account so, and probably so you were Donald Trump. You were gonna be. I was worried. Yeah. In any way, are you upset that you weren't cool enough to no. be one of the hacks? <laughs> no, I think I, I thought that at first because I saw, I saw him going down the list, and as soon as I saw Mr. Beasts, I was like, oh, oh, we're here now. Okay. Like because I saw I saw all the politicians and all the billionaires, and I was like, well, that's, uh, yeah. That's what you would expect to to try to scam people is like use use their accounts because they're full of money, but as soon as they went to, I think I saw it when they did Apple's account, because like Apple's not a person and they're not like the type yeah. of like hey I'm sending money to my community like feeling not generous right. you know what I mean so when I saw Apple's account I was like all right they're just going for highly followed highly engaged accounts yes and then after that was Mr Beast's account. And so, to me, it was like, oh, I guess it's anyone. I guess, Let, you know. Let's theorycraft here. Okay. If we were those hackers and we wanted to pick the five five YouTubers' accounts that we could. <laughs> five YouTubers? YouTubers, not other social media. So, YouTubers, potentially people we know. Who would be the best five accounts to try and make to the, scam the, the most, most people? Money so, who's got the most? <laughs> I mean, Mr. Beast is clearly number one. So, yeah. they picked that one correctly Which for multiple reasons. Follower count and generosity and habits of yeah. philanthropy yeah okay if we had so to go next you'd have to look at other youtubers who do giveaways a lot i think yeah in that sense or i guess just like fan base maybe like people who would potentially fall for that and i don't want to make too many assumptions but yeah because i don't know like i'm looking at the youtubers and i i think i can sort of craft like what i think their audience is i think there would be some some gaming personalities who would be good to go after oh, especially and i'd say Fortnite players uh <laughs> they just generally they, have a younger audience and a younger oh, although right. younger audience might not have bitcoin so there's there's a lot to think about here but uh, right that's the thing you have to think about who actually is going i mean to so one of those bitcoin. ninja would be a great one because oh yeah his following is insanity right. on twitter and on youtube and and on twitch uh, or mixer wherever he is now um yeah yeah he would he would be a good so one to go after twitter. a younger audience um Huh. I just always, whenever I think of big YouTubers, I just always think of Casey Neistat. So, and Kate, it wouldn't surprise me if Casey just came out of nowhere. Actually, right now, feeling generous. Ethan and Gila are giving away money every day. Oh, true. Actually, they're probably just finishing that up, but they just right. did a hundred days of giving away money. So, H three H three probably not bad. Um, yeah, that's a lot. That's, I think that that's actually around. Five, I think that's four or five right there. So, yeah. jeez. Well. 
look it, out it happened. guys like i think now <laughs> when those four counts get hacked you know andrew and marquez are behind <laughs> for sure right no the the moral of the story is number one bitcoin don't send bitcoin to places where you might not want to get it back yeah that's like i t- don't if, send bitcoin to strangers if you're paying in bitcoin there's a think about good, why yeah think about why i think that's the, that that's the moral it's of the probably story illegal if you're sending bitcoin kind of to someone think about why um that's number one and then number two uh i don't know have two factor on protect your account have a strong password use a password manager all that stuff is smart don't post your credentials in slack don't post your <laughs> credentials somewhere uh and uh if you work for twitter just uh stay safe out there you know that's that's basically yeah. it no, it was a, it was a really it was a wild moment on my timeline, and I, I was just I was just kind of watching it unfold because at that time I was in the studio, they were uh, installing like the vinyl on the wall, and mm-hmm. like I asked them, I was like, "Are you guys seeing what's happening on Twitter right now?" And I think Matt, who was like on a ladder, like putting something on the wall, was like, "I just saw Elon tweeted because he had <laughs> notifications on." I was like, "Yeah, I saw that too," and <laughs> I just let him not know the rest. Um, but yeah, it was it was a crazy time, and I think we'll we'll remember that in the. In the vast scheme of things that have happened in 2020, I think I'll remember that one. That's, you know, <laughs> I think I'll remember that one. That's the most important thing that's happened in 2020. Years. It's a lot. Well, yeah. Okay, I think that's a great place to go off the rails right at the end of this episode. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. I I think that's about it. I mean, we'll we'll be back to you guys with probably a little more regular next episode, but we're gonna talk. There's, I think we're right on the brink of smartphone season. Yeah, we're getting there. Where we're going to have, because it's about to be August, we're about to have probably finally like the Pixel come out. We're probably going to have that, uh, we're definitely going to have that Samsung event with a bunch of hardware. And then Bixby speaker, <laughs> and then <laughs> phone after phone when after Bixby tablet. When Bixby speaker comes out, we're doing an entire episode on it. Absolutely. With two hours of Bixby speaker two hour live special <laughs> um but i think we're right on the horizon of that i'm so trying to look up sorry we're right on the horizon of one year of the podcast as oh really well. i'm good i'm trying to look it up because we started late july early august oh yeah so, so like let's 50 see weeks smartphone season was august 9th our next episode will be on august 7th all right so we're that will be the last episode of the first year of waveform let us know how you think we're doing yeah (laughs) and if you have feedback this is the most random winding path of an episode but let us know what you guys think uh on twitter at waveform if you want to tweet at us um we we went everywhere from 12k camera to oneplus nord to podcasts we like plastic back node 20 plastic back to note to like a, a youtube vlogger from the bubble this is everything it's everything we could ever want thanks for uh listening we'll catch you guys in the next one waveform is brought to you with studio 71 and our intro outro music was created by cameron barlow what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape this is scott galloway host of the prop g podcast and an entrepreneur myself Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.